Welcome to our summer sessions here on the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. I'm Jeff Sharon along with Eric Lopez, and we continue our little roll through the offseason here uh, as, well, well, you can smell football around the corner, but we're still coming in strong with these summer sessions here. Uh, uh, training, we're starting to get, you know, our media releases once again fired up from UCF, man. It's starting, it's starting to fire up, right? Yeah, it really has. I mean, media guides out there. We, of course, we had Haley Alton in the last episode yep. talking about the media days, and uh, you know, practices are now going on as you hear this. So it's just hallelujah. Just can't come fast enough. I think I speak for many. I know it's happening real fast, but um, you know, one of the other things that happens real fast is in the sport of softball when you go from college to the pros. And I'll tell you, that, you know, that's one thing that we've seen quite a bit. You know, Shelby Turnier, as we, as we switch around to what we're going to be talking about in this, uh, summer, in this summer session, we talk, you know, we talked before, Eric, about how Shelby Turnier, how her, how her career flipped really quickly after she graduated from UCF. And uh, certainly that was the case with uh, uh, the former UCF softball player that you spoke to, Linnea Goodman. Yeah, it's hard to believe. It only seemed like yesterday I met her when she walked in on campus as a freshman and uh, earned the job at left field and was very quiet. And uh, here we are, uh, before you know it, not only is her college career done, uh, one of the most decorated careers in UCF softball history, but she's playing internationally in one of the bigger events in the summer in the European Championships for softball. She just played in that in Italy the last week of June and July for Team Sweden the Swedish national team. And uh, wow, what a, what a treat. Very interesting. You mentioned the success that UCF softballs had. You got Shelby Turnier playing in the NPF with the Chicago Bandits, who I got a chance to, you know, talk to and hang out with a little bit. They were in town about a week or two ago. And then you got Tiffany Lane, former Knight who played shortstop 2008 to 2011, playing for Mexico recently at the Canada cup uh, among, and then also in other events, but Linnea certainly, uh, Jeff, as you saw, obviously up close, an uh, unbelievable career, which we talked about. I had a chance to catch up with her here, and, and we had a lengthy interview. We talked about uh, in depth about her summer and everything, but you're going to hear as we talk about her UCF career, Jeff, which I think was goes down, as I meant, one of the most underrated careers maybe in UCF softball history. And so here is my chat with Linnea Goodman. <laughs> You started off your career course at UCF in college. How did playing at UCF help you play now internationally? Yeah, um, I think playing at UCF, we played against all of the top teams in the country. Um, and I think having that experience, being able to perform under pressure, helped me a lot um, to play internationally and be able to stay calm in pressure situations. And I think that's a big thing that a lot of the girls playing in Europe still have to learn is because they don't get to play against, you know, the Florida, the Alabama that I've been able to play against and be able to hit against the best pitchers in the world. And, um, and so I kind of have to bring this calm, um, this calm atmosphere, I guess, uh, to the field. And, and it's cool to be able to, to lead my team and just lead by example and um, just help them relax a little bit in these, situation let's start i mean how did you end up at ucf because you were a california girl yeah. so uh tell me about the process how you ended up at ucf so um my soft no my junior year i think in high school um i was still looking for a school 
Um, I just said no to a school in California that I wasn't really interested in, so I was just kind of, like, in this weird limbo zone of, like, not really knowing where I wanted to go, not really having too many schools looking at me because I was getting older. And then uh, my travel ball coach actually got a call from uh, Ruben, uh, Coach Felix, who used to uh, be on the team, and uh, he said that he was looking for... um, a slapper, outfielder to be on the team. And so then my coach uh, told him to come to one of our games. And so um, Coach Felix and Coach Gillespie came to my game. And I guess they they liked what they saw, and they asked me to come out for a visit and to come out to the camps that they have in January. So I came to a camp, um, did really, really well in the camp. They offered me a scholarship at the camp. And it took me a couple of weeks to decide just because I never really thought about leaving California. And um, it was just a really big decision for me. But ultimately what, what made me want to go to UCF was that I could see it being a second home for me. And even though I'm so far away from California, from my family, I knew that I would be uh, taken care of at UCF. Um, I love the campus. I love the field. I loved um, the coaches, and um, I was just really excited to be um, so taken care of and just be treated like um, like one of their own, which was awesome for me. And I knew that if I didn't stay in California, I wanted to go to a school that really um, that ha- like had a great appreciation for athletics because if I was going to spend a lot of time being a student-athlete, I wanted to be um, appreciated, and I, I, had, I felt that feeling at UCF. So, so then I ultimately decided to go there, and, yeah, it was, it was a great decision, and I'm really happy. And you walked into a great situation. You walked into a veteran team in, uh, going into the 2014 season. Uh, yeah. Ironically, you weren't the only California girl from that class. There was a young girl named Brittany Solis who would end up playing mm-hmm. shortstop that also came from California. And the two of you basically were starting from the opening weekend of your careers as a freshman throughout your senior career. You win the regular mm-hmm. season title in 2014, win 43 games, get to the NCAA tournament. 2015, mm-hmm. the magical year, you win 50 games as a team, get nationally ranked. You win the conference regular season title, and you win the tournament title at home against Tulsa. And then 2016, you make the NCAA tournament. In the meantime, you're making, you're putting up numbers. You're top five all-time in hits, top five in batting average. You break the single uh, school record for most base hits in a game in your senior year with five against Memphis. Uh, mm-hmm. What jumps out when you look back now in your UCF career, if you've had a chance to reflect, what's the first thing that pops in your head? Um. Wow. I think definitely my sophomore year was just, like, the entire year was just insane. Like, um, I think that was when I had, I guess, like, the most confidence in um, not just myself. It wasn't like I had the most confidence in myself, but just the most confidence that every single game we played, like, that we were going to, to win or at least be so close to winning. And that was that was such a great feeling because it wasn't just me that had that confidence in the team. It was every single player on the team that had that confidence in the team. And so um, just having that experience was really awesome. Being able to play against the top teams and actually perform well was really great too. But I think overall what sticks out to me is that year is being able to win 
not just the regular season conference, but be able to win the tournament. And we were not expected to do either, which was great. And um, Dan McCloskey came up with that walk-off home run. Like, I will always remember that, too. So that was that was definitely, like, just, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was an awesome year. And, I mean, each year was really great, too. Like, there were great moments in every year. Like, my freshman year coming in and being able to win um, the regular season conference and then, you know, like junior year, us like performing well against Alabama and just defying odds every year when when everything was against us. I think was was uh, something that I'll take away from my from my college. You mentioned Alabama. UCF beat Alabama in opening weekend, uh, 2016 mm-hmm. packed house, first ever top 25 matchup at the UCF softball complex. Your senior year. Mm-hmm. You set the school record. Five hits in a third game against Memphis. You win the series on a walk-off triple play. Your defense gets a triple play. Yeah. Megan Greenwell, bases loaded, nobody out. UCF up 10-6, to six, throws to home plate. Then they throw to third base, get a triple play to end the game. You get five hits in that game. That's the school record. Tons of UCF players have always hit four, can never get to five. Mm-hmm. What do you remember okay. about that game? Did you know at the time what was at stake when you got that fifth hit? Um, I mean, I knew I was four for four before my bat, and I knew that that at bat could be five for five, but I think I've, I've went four for four a couple times before, I think, and I wasn't really thinking about going five for five just because I thought it was, like, so um, out of reach a little bit, and I remember, I can't remember who was on base, but I remember there was someone on first and someone on second, and all I was thinking was, we just need to score these runs right now. And so I was like, I, we just need to score these runs right now. I just need to hit it up the middle so we can score these runs right now. And that's what I did. And then after I hit it, I was like, oh, wow, that really was 5 for 5. Like, I didn't even think that would happen. I was just thinking about trying to score the runs. So, yeah, it was really cool. It was a really cool feeling. And everyone in the dugout was cheering. And um, I think that game, too, my teammates were all getting on base, too. So it just kind of helped. Like I wasn't the only one, uh, and I didn't have too much pressure on my on me, so that was awesome. Is that like your favorite game as far as an individual performance you had at UCF? Um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, my goal always was to break a school record, so to do it in my senior year uh, against a team in our conference to be able to win the series, I guess, yeah, that was that was really awesome for me um, to be able to leave kind of like a legacy at UCF. Um, it's cool. So, yeah, for sure. You mentioned the numbers, your top five batting average, top five in hits, top ten in runs scored. Uh, we could go on and on, and I've said it on the air. I think you and Janation Hoster are the two best mm-hmm. outfielders in the history of UCF softball. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of similarities, and I'm sure – I know you've met Janae before, but there was a lot of similarities mm-hmm. between the two of you because you both were kind of quiet, under-the-radar players. In Janae's mm-hmm. case, she kind of got overshadowed because she was playing with Stephanie Best, who was just a mm-hmm. mach- you know monster players. You were kind of under the radar a little bit because you weren't one that really uh, was very bravado. You kind of just let your game do the talking. Uh, and mm-hmm. you obviously, you played with Shelby Turnier and Mackenzie Otis, the two All-American mm-hmm. pitchers who kind of got the spotlight from the team standpoint, and certainly hitters like Jessica Yuvari, Samantha McClowski, yeah. Kaylee Novak, we can go on and on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what? tell me about that, because I remember you when you first came in, you were very quiet, 
yeah. you didn't really speak much. But then as you, you know, years moved on, you only spoke when it mattered. You spoke, I mean, to the point where at the end you kind of became the person that the media relations would always go to for a comment. But you, you, what? tell me about that personality and how it helped you succeed in softball. Yeah, um, I've just always been trained, I guess, from coaches in the past and even my parents, too, to just kind of um, just to be very calm and just to let my actions do the speaking. Um, I'm not, even when I'm not playing softball, even if I'm doing normal things, I'm just not a very, like, loud person. I don't always like the center of attention to be on me. And I think that's also helped me um, in softball because it allows me to take um, really tough situations or pressure situations and be able to kind of scale them down a little bit and um, not get too emotional. And I think that um, being able to stay level-headed has always helped me in, in my career and just staying calm and being able to think rationally in, in every type of situation is the type of player that I want to strive to be. And so, um, and I'm also, you know, like, I'm, I never really get satisfied with where I'm or where I'm at. I'm always trying to get better, whether it is in softball, in school, and everything. Um, I, I am really competitive, but in a way where I'm competitive with myself. And I feel like that's what helps me in softball to be able to not be satisfied and still um, keep trying to get better and get better. And uh, my teammates, are, are always motivating me and they look up to me and they look up to me to be that calm leader. And I think, um, I kind of fit into that role at UCS. So yeah. And Janae is awesome. Um, I love her and I could definitely see the similarities when you were talking about that. <laughs> yeah. And I guarantee you, she's proud of you as well. Uh, oh. you're, you're the second player ever from UCF to play in an international ch- uh, event, an international championship, Tiffany Lane, who played mm-hmm. shortstop, at UCF from uh, 2008 to 2011 is playing for Team Mexico. She's been playing at the Canada okay. Cup and so forth. And, of course, now you, you've you been playing in the European Championships. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. got to mean a lot. And that goes along with certainly players like Shelby Turnier's playing professional NPF. Uh, Kaylee Novak played in the NPF. Stephanie Best mm-hmm. played in the NPF. Allison Kine played in the NPF. What does that mean yeah. for the legacy for future players that go to UCF? That not you know there is softball after UCF that you can go to UCF and still extend your career beyond that. That people will notice you could play professionally in the states or even uh, overseas in the in Europe or wherever. Yeah, um, that's yeah. I mean, being able to represent uh, UCF too when I'm playing internationally is is a great feeling because um, you know, like girls spend so much time on softball on being good at it, it's, it's you have to work hard at it. It has to be your life in order for you to get to the college level, especially the UCS level. And to be able to know that all your work won't just end after four years is, is a great feeling, and it gives you kind of more motivation to keep wanting to get better even after your last year at, at college. And um, it, it feels awesome to be able to prove it to um, to prospects that may be looking at UCF and prove and be kind of like that um, example of someone um, being able to play after college and just showing that your career doesn't have to end if you don't want it. Another event I'll never forget, I almost forgot to bring it up, but I think it's important to bring it up, was in your senior year this past year, uh, UCF was playing in Mary Nutter, and you almost didn't play 
in the first game against Cal Poly, which was a unique story in itself because you were being honored uh, as a student up in the East Coast, but then you had to go to the West Coast and meet with the team, and that was kind of a dicey situation. Explain the audience what I'm talking about. Um, So I got nominated for um, an award in my major, which is advertising. Uh, I got nominated as one of the 50 um, most promising multicultural students in the country. And so in order for me to receive the award, I had to be in New York City at the time that they were um, giving out the award. And I asked my coaches, I said, I mean, I got nominated for this. Um, It's during season. I don't know if you guys, like, if you don't think I can go, then it's okay. Like, they can give the award to someone else. I'm just telling you that this is what's happening. And it was awesome because my coaches were 100% for it. They said, no, you have to go, like, go get the award and then come to California right after you can play in Palm Springs. And I was like, okay, like, uh, all right, I guess I'm on board with that. And so I went to New York and then there was um, rain in California, which was surprising, but um, there's rain in California and that moves the games around. And so I had to leave um, a day early from New York, fly straight. To, um, I flew into LAX and, my mom actually picked me up and drove me to Palm Springs, and um, I met my team right before the game against um, Cal Poly, and I was just completely jet-lagged. didn't know what time it was. Like, I was just, all right, let's just play the game. And um, I'm actually happy I was there because we got into international tiebreaker with uh, Cal Poly, and... Um, it was funny because I was actually supposed to bunt my two, my first two pitches. I was um, up to that, and Courtney was at second, and I was supposed to bunt, but I missed the first two bunts, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And so then I ended up getting a base hit to score Courtney so we could tie Cal Poly. So uh, that was actually cool to know that um, I flew all the way from New York just to do that and be able to help my team. But, yeah, it was a crazy situation, but I really love how um, my coaches were supportive of me in my academic career as well. Legendary game there, and maybe the biggest upset of them all, the shocking part is that, that your mom, maybe should get the MVP. How the heck did you get from LAX <laughs> to Palm Springs in California with traffic is a miracle. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's exactly. Pr- that's pretty remarkable. But you mentioned Coach Gillespie, and that had to mean a lot. I think you two really hit it off because personality-wise, she let you be you, let you kind of pursue mm-hmm. your dreams off the field as well as on the field, right? Yeah, definitely. And that was um, one of the reasons why I did choose UCF, too, is because, um, like I said, I'm, I'm really uh, focused on my academics, too, and so I wanted to go somewhere where I would be supported and, supported and do um, whatever I wanted to do academically while also um, being able to do what I wanted um, athletically and um, being supported in both realms and not having them be necessarily separate, but just um, having them be supported at the same time because being a student athlete is really difficult. And um, I knew that Coach Gillespie would, would be motivating me to retire and also supporting me to do um, whatever it is that I wanted to do. And that was awesome to be able to do that because um, without going to UCS, without having that support, I wouldn't be where I am um, right now getting my master's in um, a degree that I I really am interested in in a field that I, I really love. So I'm excited about that. 
Well, and I know that she's excited for you. As many uh, people that have followed you throughout your career are excited for you. Congrats Mm -hmm. on a great career at UCF. Great tournament up in Italy there at the World Championships. And I guess the last thing is what advice would you give as far as tell the audience now that you've you've been through the States, you're playing over in Europe, you know that's going to be a topic for years to come here as far as, you know, the softball growing of the sport. What advice would you give to a young girl now that either wants to go to college or play internationally? Oh, um, I guess the best advice I could give to a young girl is um, just don't don't ever. I, this might sound cliche, but literally don't ever give up. I was in my junior year in high school, not knowing I wanted to, not having any schools looking at me, um, and then having UCF come because I just was still persistent. I still knew that I wanted to play college and softball and. Just never, ever giving up on your goal. And if you have a setback, that only means that you have to work harder. A failure isn't really a failure. It's a learning experience. It's a way for you to get better. And just know that um, even if you're facing some challenges um, on the softball field, um, in school, in life, those challenges are only going to make you a better person, a better player, a better student. And... um, yeah, it's, it's all, life is a journey, and in softball, softball teaches you so much about life, but just know that if it's your dream to play at school, uh, to play for the Olympics even, um, if you never give up, you can you can reach it and just keep working hard. So, yeah. Linnea, <laughs> Goodman. Linnea Goodman, ladies and gentlemen, from UCF, former Knight, all-conference, all-region player. Two-time conference regular season champion, conference tournament champion, three NCAA tournament appearances in her career, top five in base hits, batting average, top ten runs scored, you name it. Uh, playing for the Sweden Swedish national team in the European Championships, one of the best players uh, in Europe. Tell the audience uh, that want to follow what your next steps are, where they can follow you. Yeah, um, I'll be in Sweden for uh, the next year, half year, so um, I'll just be playing, I guess, internationally in Sweden and just helping out with teams there. And then we have another tournament in 2019 that I'll be at. So if you want to follow me there in a couple of years, then, then yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, and you're on Twitter. Yeah, I am on Twitter as well. That's going to be the way to find it. Yeah, we're going to have to keep in touch on Twitter while you're over in Europe there. But uh, have a, have fun up there, and uh, we'll talk soon. We'll be in touch, and uh, congrats on everything, Linnea. Thank you so much, Elo. Thank you. There you have it, Linnea Goodman. Now, that interview, by the way, if you want to hear the entire interview, that is not the entire interview I had with Linnea. There's actually more. Uh, I I interviewed her for FastPitchNews.com for the In the Circle podcast on Fast Pitch News. We went 40 minutes, Jeff. We went about 40 minutes with Linnea. She talked about softball in Europe, which is fascinating, talking about the culture and softball in Europe compared to the United States, the level of play over there. Sweden finished eighth in that European championship. Linnea is one of the best players in that tournament, hit over 600 with two home runs in that championship. We go into all of that in the interview. So if you want to hear more, go to In the Circle on Fast Pitch News, on fastpitchnews.com. There's a podcast site. Plus, uh, Jeff, I know you will put the link up to that interview yep. um, on our site as well. UCFnights.com has written a story about Linnea, so there's a lot of stuff going on there, Jeff. But, you know, listening to the interview, and again, I mentioned it in the interview, top five all-time in batting average, hits, 
top 10 in runs scored, most hits in a game by any night player with five hits. And I mentioned in the interview, and you can relate to this, I compared her, I said that her and Janae Shinhoster, who you covered, yep. I think are the two best outfielders in the history of this program. And both are similar because they're both uh, very quiet demeanor, both overshadowed. You know this. Uh, with Janae's case, she played in the shadow of Stephanie Best, which you could speak better to of. Uh, she didn't get the recognition maybe that she deserved. If you look at Janae Shinhoster's numbers, if Stephanie Best didn't go to UCF, Shinhoster would hold a lot of the offensive records, power-wise. But because Stephanie was there, she got overshadowed. And I think it was the same case with Goodman. She put up big numbers offensively. I just mentioned it, but she was overshadowed because she played with players like Shelby Turnier and Mackenzie Otis pitching-wise. Uh, Samantha McClowski, who hit the big home run against Tulsa, Ferris Sullivan and Jessica Yuvari were both player of the year players in the American Conference. Kaylee Novak, the all-time stolen base leader. So she kind of got overshadowed. But if you look at her numbers, she's not the power hitter that Shinhoster was, but she played every game. And she got on base, and you look at the offensive numbers, batting average, on base, and all that. She's in the top ten in almost all those categories. And I think her and Shinhoster are the two best outfielders that that program's ever had. Is Linnea Goodman the most underrated player in softball history for UCF? Could be. Uh, it could be. I mean, I, like I said, I, you know, her and Shinhoster, I mean, certainly her, because, again, uh, you maybe take it for granted. I mean, she was in the lineup pretty much every day in her career since the opening weekend of her freshman year. Her freshman year, she missed a game or two because of a injured ankle. But other than that, she was been pretty reliable playing in the lineup and uh, and been hitting either in the one spot or in the two spot. And certainly as we go into 2018, that'll be one of the big questions will be who takes up that spot. So you're right. Uh, very solid, dependable player, all-conference and all-region player. I think you're right. I think she's definitely in that category uh, that you've described. Well, she's uh, – she, I, mean, I mean, you know, her career, like like we said, speaks for herself. You know, we wish her the best of luck as she uh, represents uh, Sweden, you know, going forward. We want to see more of her on the softball diamond. So, once again, thanks to uh, Linnea for uh, her time and best of luck going forward. So, all right, Elo. So, uh, as we continue on, before we go here, uh, a couple of things that we wanted to talk about real quick. Actually, just one real thing that we wanted to just touch upon just recently uh, in the news. Uh, so, Charter, which is the parent company of, uh, well, uh, <clears throat> well, what was Bright House Networks, which is now Spectrum, uh, announced, uh, this is according to an article from Hal Bodecker, the TV guy at the Orlando Sentinel. Um, they are going to kill off the, uh, the, the former Bright House Sports Channels, Channel 47. They used to be Catch 47 in Tampa, Bright House Sports Network in, uh, in Orlando. Um, and, uh, they did, they used to do a lot of high school. Now, I, I remember, uh, when I was working at UCF, then I, they were trying to do UCF sports as well. And I think they actually did broadcast a couple of UCF games. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, including, I think, a football game. It was, a, I, I forget who it was. I think it was South Carolina State that they may have gone against. That they may well, have, they, they did, yeah, they did select football games. I mean, I'm trying to remember. And they, and they had a couple of volleyball matches and soccer oh. a couple times here and there. And then, and then UCF sure. kind of was like, even though your name's on the stadium, they, I remember um, that it, it wasn't the biggest. It wasn't the. It wasn't something that UCF wanted to do very much in the future because 
um, it was only available in Central Florida, and uh, you know, in basically in in Orlando and Tampa, and they wanted those games available, you know, all throughout the state, if not throughout the country, and that's why they, you know, eventually they got the deal done with ESPN. Uh, when UCF jumped over to the American, they got more games on Conference USA with ESPN three and all that stuff. But um, kind of a bummer for uh, for high school coverage in the area, don't you think, Eric? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I I was biased. You know, you mentioned that I enjoyed those times where they did UCF broadcasts, especially the football games. They did it for a couple of years. I want to say it was like 2010, 2011. I know that because I did official stats yeah. for them. So I did official stats for them and basketball. They did men's basketball. In fact, that was during the Marcus Jordan era. Uh, in fact, I'll never forget the football game. One of the games they did was the UCF Marshall Monsoon. If you remember, that was with the tropical storm mm-hmm. type conditions. Uh, I was there, and uh, it was kind of wild. Um, but you're right. It's going to be unfortunate from the local coverage. I know some UCF fans liked it because you get to watch some of the recruits that were coming to UCF in respective sports. Um, they also covered the uh, FHSAA playoffs in all the sports as well. Yep. Um, they yeah, had a big contract with the FHSA. They they covered the state championships. That's going to be – and that's unfortunate. It's going to be interesting moving forward. What happens to that? Does that disappear? Does that go into streaming? Does a Sun Sports or Fox Sports Florida pick it up? Uh, I don't know. That's going to be some interesting questions moving forward. Obviously, from a coverage standpoint, if people have been watching it, you know, Aaron Campbell, who we've had on this program, uh, is the volleyball analyst, for example, for their high school's coverage. That's where she's got her got her start in broadcasting uh, because she got and, and in fact, the, I know the story. She got started because Bright House was carrying a UCF volleyball game and they needed something to do in the intermission. I think back then they had Eric Kohler and Michael Donald doing volleyball. Which, which just you know, with all due respect, they're good friends there. That's not really what we expect in a volleyball game. So they actually interviewed Aaron Campbell at, in the intermission, and I think they liked how she interviewed. That they gave her the opportunity to do the analyst. I think the following year uh, for the high school stuff, and she's been doing that for a while. Um, obviously, you know, then you've seen Michael Donald has done basketball for Bright House for a lot of years. That's where he got his start, as far as. You know, he did radio with Mark Daniels, but then on the TV side, he got his first break doing Bright House with David Bauman. I was the spotter in stats for some of those games as well. Uh, So you've had that. Uh, Stephanie Best has done some softball telecasts for them in the high school landscape. So it's it's, uh, you know, there's been some UCF finger, uh, you know, prints in that. And uh, so that's unfortunate that those opportunities go uh, away. Uh, because I think, you know, and think about this, uh, Jeff, Tanya Jarvis, who you covered volleyball. I've seen her a lot at Spectrum in those volleyball games of the week because her mm-hmm. teams are usually one of the best teams in the state. And she's won state championships, yeah, which Bishop was broadcasted. In fact, I think she won one of them at the venue at UCF two, two years right. ago when they hosted the state championships and Aaron Campbell was the analyst, ironically. So that was a pretty nice UCF ties into that. So. I um I always thought I always was sad to see that the UCF coverage or the broadcast they did soccer too now that I remember uh, I was sad to see that go when they decided to go all high school only forget the football side of things because obviously football uh, is going to be fine either way whether it's on Bright House whether it's on ESPN three whatever and basketball to some extent as well 
what I enjoyed more was the fact they care. They broadcasted some of the Olympic sports. Yeah. And uh, that was the thing that I was the most disappointed about because that's a bigger deal for the Olympic sports. And they would carry us uh, one or two games a year from each of the Olympic sports. And I thought that was very helpful. And uh, that was the part I was bummed out about. But um, certainly uh, disappointed to hear that news. Uh, when it did, it's been, you know, and unfortunately, it's been the norm in the industry. So we're not surprised as we've really, Jeff, if you look at 2017 from a local and national media standpoint, one of the bigger stories has been all the uh, changes and layoffs in the industry that's yeah. happened and across the board with ESPN and with Fox and Yahoo and I mean, even locally, obviously, at the, you know, and all that. So uh, tough year for the industry. And that's a whole other story for another day. But, uh, you know, hope for the. You hope for the best for the people there that work there. I know a lot of friends. I have a lot of friends there, and I, I uh, certainly can relate, and I hope that uh, things work out. And I think for it will for most, but certainly still not an easy uh, situation. Yeah, I uh, totally echo you on that. There's, uh, um, you know, we have a bunch of fo- uh, folks who, we, who've worked through it, and we've sort of been, you know, kind of tied in with that network, you know, having to do with, um, you know, even for me going back as an intern, um I interned actually at uh, Central Florida News 13 in 2003, right about the time when they were starting to, um, when they were thinking about starting that network. You know, we had started, you know, doing a lot of high school coverage on uh, News 13, and then that kind of expanded from there. And um, and and you know, they did such a good job of that. So it's a bummer to see that uh, to see those networks go away. Uh, I hope we do get a little bit more high school coverage uh, locally on on some local network somewhere that we can see. Uh, because uh, could you see? I could see it going stream though. I could see. Yeah, them, I, could I could see, see that streaming. happening. I could see. I mean, that's kind of where we're headed, aren't we? Aren't we? I mean, you've talked about this in the past and have written about it and tweeted about it. I feel like that's where we're headed more and more, aren't we? Aren't we headed for more streaming? broadcast and telecast well yeah because you can measure you you can measure audiences so much more clearly by doing that and uh and and of course and and then the other part about that that is you know you have you got your high school kids right so you're broadcasting say boone and edgewater right and you know the kid's grandma who lives in you know new york she can't watch it but you put it on streaming and they can Right. And that's another revenue stream that that you can that you can tap into. So, um, like I said, you know, we we know a lot of folks over there who um, you, you, you know who, who've worked you know very hard for a long time on on that network. Uh, details are sketchy on a lot of things right now, as they usually are with those things. But um, the uh, news release does say that there'll be. Uh, this is a quote from the spokesperson in the statement that uh, Spectrum released. We've also just quote, we've also decided to elevate the depth of our sports coverage and leverage the power of our local news channels in Florida by scheduling a nightly 30 minute sports show on Bay News 9, Tampa and News 13 Orlando end quote. No word on whether or not those will be separate shows or the same show simulcast on both networks, but um, hopefully they'll be uh, they'll be separate. I know that they were back in the day when uh, when I interned at Channel 13, we did the high school show. On Friday nights, uh, it was me, and I was interning at that time under Jason Mater and uh, Matt O'Connor, Denise Cullen, and uh, and you know, and later on after Jason left, David Bauman would would work there for a while, uh, and then um, they kind of combined everything at the time, you know, with with uh, Bay News Nine. But uh, I liked it when you know we had uh, at eleven thirteen we had 
we had the sports report that went until uh, that went up till eleven thirty. So we had a uh, seventeen minutes worth of sports to fill on Channel Thirteen. That was fun because we were able to, you know, we could cover a lot of things that not everybody could, and so we had a good time. With that. I learned so much there, and um, and uh, and hopefully they sort of carry that ethos along with them. So uh, as we wrap up here, once again, thanks to uh, Linnea Goodman uh, for her generosity and time with uh, with Eric. Eric, what else do you have coming up this week? Not much. I uh, obviously write. I'm now writing and uh, hosting the podcast in the circle on fastpitchnews.com for all the latest softball news. That's kind of what's keeping me company. It's yep. kind of awkward right now, Jeff, because I'm working from home. So it's weird. I'm not used to that uh, where I'm just sitting home and think looking for stories and writing about them. But uh, doing that and kind of seeing what else develops elsewhere. But obviously just getting ready for the football season to get going as well as the other UCF sports before you know it. Uh, it'll be here, and that's yeah. exciting. So I'm looking forward to that with Media Day coming around, coming up soon. And, uh, you know, before we know, we got games going on. And it's funny, you know, with the news with the Spectrum, I got my start as far as official stats work with them, and that helped me get other jobs. And one of the jobs I just recently got, actually, is I'll be doing official stats for the UCF FIU game for CBS Sports Network All right. on the opening night. Uh, so it's kind of full circle. So I, I really owe a lot to the opportunities that Bright House gave me that back then, doing it for football and men's basketball. That kind of got me the door as far as doing some stats work on the side, which I enjoy. As people know me, I know number, I like numbers and everything like that. So uh, that's a fun gig. And having done talent stats as well, I've worked with, uh, you know, your, your, your good friend, your mentor, Dave Ryan, among mm-hmm. others. So uh, that was then David Bauman, as you mentioned. So uh, something about those Syracuse guys. <laughs> yeah, we you know, go, we but, tend to keep it pretty tight. <laughs> yeah, so that I it's funny that we talk about this story and this new. That's kind of what jumped in my head. You know, without Bright House, I don't get the door in there as far as doing stats. So, um, yeah. you know, that's kind of what I got coming up in the future. So, so pour one out for Bright House Sports Network. So, and Spectrum yeah. Sports as it was known, but we always knew it as BHSN. So, uh, right. cool. So we got uh, football coming around the corner. I am actually going to be heading on vacation. Uh, uh, this week, uh, and, uh, up North, I'm going to be checking out. Yeah. I'm hoping I'm hope I'm actually, so here's the deal, Lopez. I'm going to be going up to New Jersey and New York to visit some family. And, uh, I'm going to be stopping by uh, giants camp. And I am hoping, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm planning on wearing my UCF hat, uh, when I go there so I can uh, catch up with Brandon Marshall and see what he's up to, uh, for big blue, his first year with the giants. So, uh, so I'm hoping that, uh, I'm hoping that I'll see him, uh, that I'll see him over there and, uh, and be able to catch up with him and see how he's doing, how he likes it over in, over in New York. So that should be fun. All right. So, uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at UCF underscore banneret. Also hit us up on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Sharon and follow Eric Lopez at Eric Lopez Elo. And don't forget to follow fast pitch news at fastpitchnews.com that's where you can check out my podcast in the circle on fast pitch news if you go to fastpitchnews.com you can see uh there's they'll have a section there on a podcast there and that's where all the podcasts are and you can see all my writings uh there where i write about some of the news that's going on in the world of softball so uh, and you guys have a and oh and sorry uh, sorry about that you guys also have a uh uh, a handle for the podcast too right in the circle sb is that right sb that is correct. That is correct. We have had great guests there. You helped out, assisted recently. We had Jessica Mendoza on uh, on that show yeah. as well, and uh, that was a lot of fun and a blast. So we, uh, but we have a lot of guests that's in softball circles, and uh, 
You know, in fact, uh, you know, at the time of this recording, I just gotten back from Clearwater uh, covering the junior championship. So, nice. you know, that, that was a lot of fun to do. And uh, so it's just it's interesting. There's a lot of stuff to, going on. And, you know, one of the you know, one of the things that's going on in the industry, you got to adjust to what the what the niches are and find those niche. And uh, fortunately for me, softball has been that. So I'll, I'll be doing that as well in the in the in the time coming. So that's where you can see some of my writing and the, the podcast. And for this podcast, of course, don't forget to follow us uh, on uh, iTunes. Make sure you download us, give us a rating, subscribe, tell your friends. Also hit us up on Google Play, SoundCloud, and tune in. So for Eric Lopez, I'm Jeff Sharon. This has been the summer session for this week with Linnea Goodman on on the Black and Gold Banneret podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Until then, go Knights. Go Knights.